and welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Give one of our ideas their forever home today. They get their ideas. They can live in more than one place at the same time, you know? The point is they're currently homeless and you should adopt one. I would say that this is one of their homes, you know, it may be perhaps not the uh, the final home for any of them, but it is... They want a forever home. I suppose, okay? I'll, I'll give you that that's sort of close to what we mean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, guess. I have been defeated. <laughs> for the first Truly. time. <laughs> it's a momentous occasion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi everyone, uh, my name is Eunice. I write things that are mildly popular. A um, fun fact about me is that based on my parents' heights, I am at the 95th percentile for predicted height. <laughs> Hi, I'm Atheo. I'm writing Rune and Metagame. Uh, Metagame should be going up for purchase if you want it on Amazon, uh, as always. With anything under the Atheo name, it is going to be released and stay released for free, so there is that. As far as heights go, I'm significantly shorter than I should be with my parents, but that's fine. Yep, way below the 95th percentile. (laughs) Ironically. It's very strange. Still average height. Very. In the US. Very, very, very strange. I've never met anyone like this. For, uh... Someone, you know, for, for an AMAB, too, I'm average height. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Way shorter than I should Extremely short. Like, to the point where I wonder if there's something wrong with you. I mean, I do that every day. There, there's a lot of things <laughs> wrong with me, but we don't talk about that. We don't talk about it. Okay. No, instead, what we're here to talk about is the ideas that we have for a story. Mm-hmm. And we've been kind of hanging out in, uh fantasy for a while so i wanted to go a little bit sci-fi with this one Mm. and given that uh, i had this idea at the end of the last episode it's mostly just like semi-stable time loops oh time loops (laughs) yes time loops which you obviously complained about being difficult no it's too confusing well the way that i was thinking about going about it specifically Mm -hmm. is that like Some person or another discovers how to time travel. And, like, you'd expect that it would be like, okay, so we can go back in time now. No. What it needs to be is you choose a time and you sort of set that time as the receiving point. And then you set a point in the future as the sending point. You can never set a receiving point that's further back than you currently are. Okay, so both... The receiving point and the sending point are in your future when you set it. Yes. Therefore, causality is somewhat preserved for your timeline. (laughs) Yes. But you have to do a lot of predicting as to when you're going to need a loop. Exactly. Although, you don't necessarily have to do predicting, because let's say that you did all of your programming of loops at 8 a.m. on every day and you so what you do then is you make a loop from 9 a.m. every day to 7:40 the previous day and then you at 9 a.m. the next day you put in the uh note to yourself that goes back to the 7:40 a.m. 
then you pick up that note, and then you schedule new loops at 8 a.m. I feel like you're using double loops to, like, contravene your own limitations. <laughs> loops within loops is allowed. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm confused already, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, I'm not actually confused, but my brain is like, this is a lot of cognitive load to understand what's happening. <laughs> Well, I mean that's fair. I kind of, I kind of like the uh, sort of just clever ways to get around limitations. But uh, the ultimate limit on it is that you can never send a loop that goes past the first loop that was made. You know, because like even if you, what's that word? Even if you piggyback on like the absolute first testing loop, you can't go back further than that one's receiving point. Okay, so there is some point in history when this looping machine was invented and all loops are subsequent to that invention. Exactly. Okay. And how many... There should be an upper limit of loops just because of, like, power or, like, you know, space-time or something. Why? I don't know. Mainly for my brain, because I don't want to think about it. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's an upper limit to useful amounts of loops, and... You probably don't want to, like, you probably don't want to just, like, stack a bunch of them on top of each other. Okay. But, like, if you're not interacting with a loop, then it essentially doesn't matter to you, does it? Uh, how do you not interact with it? If you're not one of the people who is aware of the loop, then it is, then it's essentially meaningless to you. I guess, unless someone's trying to change things. In a way that affects you. I mean, you wouldn't be aware well, of it. Well, yeah, but... but then you're involved in that one. I was saying that, like, it's possible to have other loops going on simultaneously that you're not involved in. Yeah, but, like, one set of loops should have to be controlled by the same machine or something. And there should be an upper limit on what that machine can process or handle or generate the correct amount of energy for. That wouldn't, that wouldn't really make sense, though. Because if there were, like... Or at least the one set of loops can only be controlled by one machine. Like, that would be... If you had two machines, right? Mm-hmm. Then they can separately set loops that fully work. Mm-hmm. Those loops can involve interacting with each other, so that doesn't really make sense. The The actual thing that I was sa- that I was sort of making the uh, the limiter on this was that they have to be... They have to end up stable. They don't have to be stable when you first do them, but they have to end up stable, right? What do you mean by stable? So, as in, the situation has to exist where you make the decision to go back and change the things in the way that you changed them before in order for those changes to actually stick. Uh Uh-huh. So... The, the biggest thing here is that, like, if we separate out, let's, let's take a, a series of points in time. Let's call it a 10-hour loop, right? Um, you set it up so that uh, you, ha- you have the loop just in case for some reason. Uh, or because you've scheduled it out and you're doing the scheduling thing that I, did, that I talked about earlier. But skipping over that, let's say that you have, you set the beginning point of the loop and it's 1 to 10. And then something bad happens around hour five to one of your friends. Maybe they get hit by a car. So you 
at the end of that 10 hours, get to your time machine. You either send the information back or go back yourself, uh, whatever we decide the rules on that are. And then as that sort of five, that, that sort of first hour comes around again, so we're in, we're in loop one here, you make the actions that you need to save your friend. But if you just save them in a way that like makes it seem like you did nothing, then you won't necessarily need, know that you needed to do anything. So let's call this the bad end loop. So you didn't know you needed to do anything. So you get to that 10 hours and then it's then uh, the loot you don't go back and then your friend is dead because you never went back okay. to make the changes that would have saved your friend. I understand what you're saying, but I'm just going to translate for our listeners because, you know, wording, not great. What he's saying is when you, when you send back your future self, that person is kind of a ghost. So even if they go back and they, the ghost person, does the changes, when this loop is over, the ghost person and their actions disappear. So, like, what you have to do is to actually get the past self, who will continue through this time loop and persist, to change their actions. Is that correct? Kind of, except that... um... In the situation where you get the past self to go back, the ghost becomes the reality. Hmm. And you're saying when you go back, there's no two of you? When your past self goes back, there's no longer two of you, and it's only the you that has experienced going back that exists. Okay, then I don't understand what you mean by if you act without... act secretly. Well, it's not acting secretly. It's acting in such a way that you will still commit... You will still do the actions that you did before. Or at least actions that are similar enough to what you did before that it works. So if you were to, say, leave yourself a note that explains what you need to do, and maybe it has some code on it that you figured out with yourself, is just like, you know, okay, so this is definitely real. So... You leave yourself a note that says, go back at this time, do these things. That's still allowed. Even though the first time you never had that note, it is now stable now that you have created that note. Mm-hmm. I don't see the distinction, really. If, if what happens is that your mind merges with your past self. It's not a mind merging. You literally remember what you said to your, last, to your past self. What you said to your past self. Well, you remember it as well as you would anyway. Like, the interaction itself is not static in any way. If you say something to your past self, you would remember that. See, I don't understand how you can say you're saying something to your past self if you're saying there aren't two of them at the same time. And you just replace your past self when you loop. You don't replace your past self. There are two of you until your past self goes back in time again. But if there's no loop in place, then there can't be two of you. Okay, so you're saying after the loop, you go back to going from two of you to one of you. Yeah. Okay. To be entirely fair, it was one of you the entire time, just one of you that experienced the same stretch of time twice. And we're going to call that two of you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I hope 
everybody understood what was just said because, you know, it was not clear. <laughs> I thought it was pretty clear. And your opinion does not count. <laughs> <sighs> Disappointing. Okay. So, Ghost Self has to convince not Ghost Self to do things so that when one of you goes back again and then there's only one of you again, the changes... Well, remember that there's another way to do this, too. Wow, what? Tricking your past self into thinking that what what happened the first time through happened again. What? What do you mean? Why do you have to trick your past self? What's going on here? Because if you... Okay, so let's say your friend fell off fell off a bridge and that's all that you're aware of, right? You, like, watch them fall off the bridge and then for some reason you couldn't go back to check on them. All right? Now, if at that point you're like, hey, I have this time loop already, I'll go back in time. You go back in time, you put something put something under them, like one of those, one of those fire person, uh, like, you know, fall stopping things, and then get your friend out of there by the time that you would have checked, then the past you still thinks that their friend is dead, so they go back around and save them again. So that's a stable loop as well. Okay, but... You have to trick yourself into thinking that there's a necessity to go back at all times. I guess... Is there... Why would you do that instead of just telling your past self what to fix? I mean, I kind of, I guess that kind of depends on how much of an asshole you think you were in the past, doesn't it? Like, is there a reason you would set, you would, you, you set up this loop in advance, and then when future self comes to warn you about something, you don't believe them, that's, or like, you don't listen to what they have to say, as if, like, they're trying to screw you over? It doesn't make that much sense, because if, if they really screw you over, then you're both screwed, once this loop You could over. also make it so that, um... <laughs> Interacting with your past self uh, sort of causes, like, decay if you can't perfectly match. Sort of causes, like, loop decay if you can't perfectly match uh, your memory of, of the event. So, like, little changes are fine, big changes are fine. But what's not fine is, like, a lot of changes that you, to your memory, all at once. So, like, if you're interacting with yourself, it, it kind of starts screwing with things. Yeah, but... You could just leave yourself a detailed note of what to do, and only... Would you necessarily believe that note? Oh, like you would believe it was faked by someone who wasn't you? I mean, they've got all the time in the world. <laughs> I mean, you know, set yourself a code that you thought of when you set the loop. Don't tell anybody. Make it hard to fake. Put that in the letter. Yeah. It can't be that hard. Well, you would have to have thought of the code before the beginning of the loop, remember? Yeah. You didn't have a reason to think of that code before the beginning of the loop. You thought of the code because you set the loop while you were setting the loop. It's true, unless you set the loop in the past. You can't set the loop in the past! That's the whole point! <laughs> But you can set the loop in your past, assuming that a loop existed already. No, because all of all of those loops have to be after the initial loop is what you said. Yeah. So let's let's take three loops, okay? Uh-huh. We have one loop that goes from twelve to one. Uh-huh. We have one loop that goes from 
six to zero, and we have another loop that goes from three to eight, eight to three, right? So you could set at 12, you could set the loop that starts at 12 uh-huh. by sending back the note to the one and then carrying it over to the six, which then goes back to the zero and sets the loop at the one. Okay. Are you saying that you would have told somebody else the, the password in the, in the intervening loops? No, I'm just saying that, like, if you don't, like, because you as the past self who may or may not have set the passcode yet needs to understand the passcode. No, I still don't get it. You're saying, like, this is a total 12-hour loop, so as long as you set it, like, before 12... All of you in all of those loops will know the password. I don't actually understand what you're saying here. Okay, so let's say you set a loop at hour zero. And then there's like three overlapping ones within the next 12 hours or so. There's nothing that can... There's no loop that can go like to negative one. Correct. So all of you in that loop will know the password. Regardless of... If you set the password at negative one, if you only thought of the password at seven... Yes. Then the U at six would not be aware of that password. Yes, you have to set the password when Even you create the Even if the U at six... Well, I don't see a reason why you, you couldn't would, do that. I mean, you would have to know in advance that you're waiting for a loop then. Yes, you will always know when you're waiting for a loop because you have to set it before it happens, is what you said. Unless you're using somebody else's loop. Why would... Okay. Sure. How often do you do that? Why are you using other people's loops? I don't know. See, now you're just making things more confusing on purpose. (laughs) Well, more specifically, that depends on the the story that we're telling. Okay, so now you're just adding confusing possibilities for no reason. (laughs) No, because it's fun, you know? No, it's not! Because... <laughs> oh my god. As long as you See, set your... I would, in, in this, be telling an intrigue story, so... <laughs> as long as you set your own loops, like, you would know your own password. And you should trust yourself to, to not give yourself shitty advice because you don't want to die. But what if, your machine, what if your machine only goes back a certain degree of time and then somebody else's machine goes back much further than that? So you trick them into setting a loop for you to use. That doesn't make any sense because it would still have to be set if it if they set a new if one. If they had a loop. Okay. If let's say that you built your machine at 13, right? And your machine as far back as it can go is 14. But somebody else has a machine that goes back to 0. But you need to get something done at 8. So you trick them into taking something back to two that sets you up to use something at eight, to use something at nine, so that you can go back and do something at eight. Yeah, like, I don't enjoy this kind of story at all. (laughs) (laughs) I see. Like, I'm completely uninterested in making a story in this scenario. Uh Uh-huh. Why is that? Because it's just like, ooh, well, I'll just, like... It's, like, basically a navigation game. Right? <laughs> what? Like, if you think of it, it's, like, 
It's like getting from like, it's basically like a puzzle where you have to like navigate some kind of like obstacle course, except the obstacle course is like loops in time. <laughs> I am a big fan of that actually as a science fiction premise. So like, yeah, if if you were gonna write this story, you would just map it out. <laughs> Absolutely. And then there would be, like, a mappable solution to your problems. And then... Although, remember that other people are involved in these maps, and that's where you get the actual interest from it. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess. And then if they don't follow your thing, then you're screwed, or you have to find other loops. But it's just like... Or you need to trick them, or you need to create... Yeah, but it's just... Or you need to find a way to create new loops, or... You know, like, the the loops themselves, to me, add no interest, but a lot of confusion. Because you could just have a regular intrigue plot. Like, let's limit the number of loops, because honestly, like, once you get beyond, like, There's two no or three, point to limiting the number of loops. The point is not confusing your reader so much that they give up out of sheer apathy. <laughs> Well, but that's that's only like on an author scale, right? Yeah. So you need to you need to manage like how many loops make sense for your for the story that you're telling, but you don't need to manage how many loops can objectively exist. Sure. But I'm still going to go ahead and suggest we limit the number of loops. That doesn't make any sense. Just because it doesn't make any sense in the story doesn't mean we can't limit the number of loops. You can just, you can say theoretically you can do as many loops as you want, but on a practical level, people don't do more than three or four levels because it's just too many levels. <laughs> That's not even true, though. Three or four is, like, barely anything. Oh my god. It's when you get to, like, eight to twelve that it starts to get pretty awful. <laughs> no, I absolutely refute. This is why you'll never be commercially successful. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, this is an example of why you'll never be commercially successful, not just the one reason. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Moving on! There's these dumb loops. What is our story? <laughs> well, I think the easiest way to do it would be to sort of have, like, a main character who just stumbles into this somehow. Okay. They never wanted to be a time traveler, but here we are. <laughs> or... Or is it more like, now we are? Yep. <laughs> Ignore me and my stupid puns. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Space time. All right. Um, maybe there's some plot going on uh-huh. with, uh, yeah, I don't mean like plot in the, in the book sense. I mean plot in the, in the plan sense. Um, like somebody has some plan to use this time machine for something and then for something nefarious but like they won't know or they won't be able to until a point that's down the like main timeline a little bit further than our main character stumbles into it so sort of the story in this case is um the the story in this case is sort of figuring out that the plot exists then that the plot is using the time travel and then how to stop the time travel plot using time travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. 
Let's just let's start with some. Of course, the final the final boss of this plot is tricking yourself into thinking that the plot was going on the entire time, so that you stumble in and <laughs> attempt to stop the time travel plot. Okay. So the the degree of I can't right now is very high, but I'm I'm gonna <laughs> proceed anyways. But we're doing another paranormal romance in retribution soon. <laughs> <laughs> retribution, okay. Okay, let's say the main character is some some rando who doesn't who like was not involved in the invention or implementation of time loops originally, okay. And then some some nefarious thing is happen happened or is in the process of happening depending on where you are in the timeline, and then kind of stumbles into it in the middle of of everything, and like needs to loop back to the beginning and convince themselves that this is real and that they need to do something about it. Right, without so that uh, using solely other people's loops because, like, obviously they didn't know about it at the point they where might eventually figure out how to put their own loops in, but they don't know it first. Yeah, no, but the point at which they need to intervene is prior to the time that they started implementing loops. There, exactly. So they have to convince themselves or go back in time themselves. Yeah, but... Perhaps by tricking somebody else into creating loops that allow them to go back further in time than they ever had... Uh... Well, they need to hijack other people's loops, whether, you know... Exactly. Through trickery or, you know... I don't know how it works. Like, Smarts. if there's just, like, a portal at a designated time, maybe you can just, like, tackle the other person out of the way and go through it yourself. I don't know. Depends on how you want to make the mechanics of these time loop openings. Yeah. But it, you know... They need they need the cooperation of their past self, for some reason, and why would they need the cooperation of their past self here? There maybe there's like a funda. Also remember that if you involve your past self, it's no longer necessarily stable, so you'd have to restabilize it right at the end. Yeah, but like maybe there's some some difference between past them and future them that you know, like, past the, or future them, like, lost an arm or something, and therefore can't, or maybe not a whole arm. Why are they, okay, just like, on a, on a <laughs> meta story level, why are we trying to involve the, the self before they got involved at all? Because that is, at, there is, for, maybe there is, like, a simple way at that point in the timeline to, uh, abort this nefarious plot, and it's, it's just, like, the easiest way. Do remember that if you make this change in a way that doesn't... That actually seems like it'll destroy the plot, the plot changes to adapt to it. Yes. Maybe the... You have to interrupt the plot in a non-obvious way or in a way that breaks the loop or the stability of the other person's loop. Maybe it's just the best time to kill the bad guy. Okay. Okay. At a party. The past self or the future self? Because we have two versions of the bad guy. The past self. If you kill the past self, the future self can fix it. Really? Yeah. Killing the past self doesn't kill the future self? 
Not directly. Not instantly. Okay, well, maybe they need to kill the past self and then continue killing selves until they're, all the bad guys are dead. Well, if you kill the past self in a way that the future self is not aware of and has not planned for, yeah. then it would be possible. Okay. Let's just say it's a great time to kill the bad guy. It's, it's just a great time to kill the bad guy, okay? And... But the bad guy is in some and is in some location that the past main character has access to. But there's some kind of like yeah, like physical difference between the future MC and the past MC. Like I don't know, some scar or you know injury or something. Where I still don't understand why we're involving the past main character in this. Because the future main character no longer looks the same as the past main character and wouldn't be allowed into whatever protected location the baddie is in. <laughs> okay. And therefore the past self has to go. Okay, but if you're involving the past self, you you mess up the loop again. Like that's that's the issue I'm having here. Well, no, because now the future self has to arrange for the past self to want to kill the baddie. Yep, and you have to trust that you haven't gone crazy in the me- meantime and that uh, your past self isn't actually plotting to uh, stop you somehow. Yes. So, it's a story of man versus self. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how much I like that because it just seems kind of like you create this like interesting world and like all kinds of like things that you can do with other people and then you're like ah yes the most important one here is me <laughs> like no, no no but it's like to even to even loop back that far the future mc's got to do a lot of work why can't the future mc do what you need them to do in the past or at least have come up with a different solution that doesn't involve screwing up their own time loops Okay, what kind of adventure are you thinking of? I mean, largely what I was thinking of was you have... You essentially make it like somebody is... Like, you make it so that there's no, like, way to map out these um, these time loops except for discovering the time that they're, like, on and off, right? So, what you do... At that point is you, like, have the majority of the story spent, like, in this huge intrigue plot where you're, like, trying to find out where each loop connects to so that you can set yourself up to go back and uh, then, once you're back, set yourself up to uh, deal with the plot of the uh, main villain. And you need to make it so that in the same loop, so that neither the past nor future self can fix it, you manage to both cut the future self off from communicating to the past self and cut the past self off from becoming the future self. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like you have to stop the, the loop at both ends, mm-hmm. in it, as it were, and you need to manage to do it in a way that they aren't expecting within a single loop. Sure. So it's essentially the story is... Um, the story is the main characters essentially figuring out that puzzle and, like, dealing with that puzzle. Now, 
you probably couldn't deal with it with one person. Because, like, no thank you. That would be kind of boring. But, like, who else to create to throw into this world with with our main character who accidentally stumbled onto this time machine? Um, a mad scientist. Why? Who invented the machine. <laughs> okay. And is now trying to fix the mess that the machine created. You know, that's fair. Because, like, whoops. Should have been more careful who I got my funding from. <laughs> Maybe don't get su- funding from supervillains. Disappointing. But, you know, who else is going to, like, take the chance on a very low probability of working time machine? <laughs> to be fair, the time machine worked out. It's just... <laughs> you know, only a, only a supervillain would consider it worth the risk to invest. Yeah. So, maybe... Hey, you know, they took a risk, it paid off. Uh, yeah, okay. Or it will pay off, or it has paid off. Yeah, verb tenses, confusing. I like linear time. (laughs) Screw linear time. Screw you! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we have main character... Mad scientist who came up with the uh, the time looping machine and and uh, you know sort of regrets it now. Look, I got my funding from a supervillain. I didn't actually think it would work. <laughs> I just wanted to try it, you know, see if it could be done. So it turns out the answer to that was yes. <laughs> and then have like some kind of ghost person who's like fated to die at the end of this massive loop like cycle cluster uh but or maybe them dying is what set off the loop to begin with uh but so like the super villain's plot is to save this person but like in the process they're like yeah so uh the only way to save them is like blowing up like this amphitheater full of people okay maybe the dead person doesn't want to live at the expense of an amphitheater full of children and therefore is trying to stop the villain knowing that if the loop stabilizes without this happening they will die so they're like a ghost yes a tragic ghost who's probably like exactly deeply in love with the supervillain and the supervillain's in love with them which is why I mean, or they're they're related by blood. That also works. It's not tragic <laughs> I mean, enough. That's why the one I would have gone with. But okay. Okay. I mean, you could make it. Yeah, a family member. Okay. So we got. Yeah. So this person's like dead, but not dead. But trying to die because all those people have died in this current iteration. But it's which is what we're trying to stop this time. Yeah, and it's helping out the MC. Knowing they'll die. And then the villain's like, yeah. You know, the villain's that not your classic supervillain who you just hate and fight, but, you know, a relatable tragic icon who's trying to save the one they love. Who's trying to stop them. And then at the end of the loop, amphitheater of children doesn't die, ghost person dies, supervillain's sad. Well, see the 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 way that I would uh, that I the way that I might go about it is that like, 
If you can move backward in time, then is there anything saying you can't move forward in time? Probably. <laughs> Why? How does that help? You're going to bypass your own death? Exactly. You get them to, like, skip out on their own death on the, on the occasion that would have created it. And then they skip out on the rest of the loop as well. So that you close the loop and they're alive and the supervillain isn't. Eh. <laughs> of course, that's, if, that's only if you want, like, you know, the completely happy ending. Eh. <laughs> I don't... I'm imagining your face right now and it's, it's not kind. It's rude. I'm very attractive when I'm confused. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I didn't say that it looked bad. I said that your face didn't seem kind. Oh, kind as in, like, me looking me, wrathful you know. at you. Got it. I thought yeah, you meant, like, that... that's not a good look on you. Um... <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. How would I know? I don't know what you're imagining right now. <laughs> Anyways. But... In order to jump forward, you would have had to create the conditions in which you knew to jump forward. Well, you're creating the condition. Like, that's sort of the whole part of the book. Okay. (laughs) You're pretty good at creating the conditions under which you know to do different things. Wait, so then you want to say you want to make the 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 ghost person jump forward and then, but the the supervillain's dead? Then that's also sad. But it's less sad than the other option, you know? That they're both dead. But at least they can be dead together. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I think you may have a different conception of of love than I do. So then you're just... The ghost person is then alive with no memory of what happened to the supervillain? Exactly. That's your happy ending? I didn't say it was completely happy. Again, I reiterate, this is why you'll never be commercially successful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> be like the ghost person will be like what happened to my loved one i don't know <laughs> uh well you see <laughs> you see you died and then they went crazy and then they tried to murder some children and then you tried to stop them and then you succeeded but they died and now you're here <laughs> exactly and then we're like what the fuck okay I still like my ending better, where villain ends up dead, ghost person ends up dead, and MC ends up alive. <laughs> I see. I mean, it's certainly a choice, and you know what? It's up to the author to choose what they want. Okay. How long have we been arguing about this? <laughs> 45 okay. minutes. So, that's our story for today, guys. If you like time loops, go ahead and write it and email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. But rest assured, I will not read this story. <laughs> I probably definitely would, because that sounds like a lot of fun to me. Okay. If you hated this idea, email us so that I can rub it in Adio's face. <laughs> <laughs> And if you loved it, email us so that I can just look at it and be entertained and not rub it in Eunice's face because that's not actually what I do. No, we're very different, (laughs) as you can tell. Um, (laughs) If you would like to be a guest on this show, do not bring a time loop because I'm in charge of arranging the guests and I will not appreciate it. (laughs) 
<laughs> time loops really aren't that difficult. Um, no. Okay. They're unnecessary. <laughs> if you do end up writing a time loop story, remember to plot out in advance where all of your time loops go. Yeah. Or at least as you're writing the story, plot out your time loops then and, you know, figure them out. You know, keep track of what each one is supposed to know and not know. And exactly where they can go and what happens. As your diagram gets more and more complicated... Uh, you know, scream internally a little bit, because okay. it, it does that. At the point where your piece of paper is too small to contain the loops, that's too much. You must stop and finish your story. <laughs> well, unless it's, you know, like a really long timeline, because if you're talking about a month-long timeline, you're going to have a lot of loops in that. You don't have to have a lot of loops in just because it's a longer timeline. You could still just stick to three or four key loops. Okay. The point is... If you want to be a guest, email us at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com. Share this podcast with your friends, and uh, we will see you next week. <laughs> see you next week.